Welcome to the CBIA BizCast powered by Google. On this podcast, we dive into stories about Connecticut businesses. Downs Construction actually came to my school. And business leaders. I think it's always also really important to be able to see a path forward. We're shaping the future of Connecticut's economy. Thanks for joining us. I'm Amanda Marlowe, and today we are joined by Mike LaBella, Commercial Market President of TD Bank. Welcome. Thanks, Amanda. It's great to be here. Well, we're so excited to have you on again. We usually have you on at this time of year, right ahead um, of our Made in Connecticut Annual Manufacturing Conference. So I know you're really excited for Manufacturing uh, Month and the conference coming up. It's my favorite time of the year. It's a great conference. A lot of great information comes out of it for, for everyone there. So uh, yeah, we're proud to be a supporter again. And uh, we'll get into a little bit more about who's coming um, and who's going to be featured at that conference a little bit later in the podcast. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about you. Tell us, you've been with TD Bank for quite some time now, uh, have seen a lot over your, your years at the bank. Yeah, it's it's coming on actually 16 years now. So it's been uh, it's been a great run. The bank's uh, been a tremendous supporter of, of all industries, but especially manufacturing because it's so key to our economy. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a great uh, a great run. And uh, you're originally from Connecticut. Well, I consider myself from Connecticut, so <laughs> I've been in Connecticut forty years. Um, originally, you know, born and raised in New York, but that was a long time ago. Hey, we I forget about that. Yeah, right? I consider myself a Connecticut native. Now. Maybe except for like some of the sports affiliations. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and so, what makes you so passionate then? You know, about working uh, in Connecticut, seeing the state succeed. Yeah, you know, when you look at the, the state geographically, we're a relatively small state. But when you dig deeper, you, you look at a state that. I think the latest number is probably number three in an educated workforce, in the top five of factory wages, uh, a top company in insurance and manufacturing and bioscience, in healthcare and financial services, all within the state of Connecticut. So it's really, uh, you know, it's the quality of life, uh, everything that the state offers, uh, obviously our proximity to New York and Boston, and uh, it, it's just, uh, it, it leads so much um, to everyone living here. I'm a newly, new grandfather, so I okay. want the best for my granddaughter, <laughs> and this is a great place to raise a family. Yeah, definitely want to see it, you know, succeed for those future generations. Absolutely. Your, your kids already got the run of what's going on, <laughs> feeling, feeling the pressures, and now you've got a new one. That's right. Uh, to see it. So specific, you know, obviously with... Um, TD Bank has a special relationship, like you mentioned, with its manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Tell me about you know why it's so important for these manufacturers and the banks to have such a close relationship. During the, the last two years, you know, we, we look at what happened over the last couple of years, and um, you know, PPP was a huge piece of keeping the economy going. Uh, there was a lot of money, there was a lot of liquidity in the economy. You know, now two years later, rates have gone up over 500 basis points. So we went from a three and a quarter percent prime rate to an eight and a half percent prime rate. Liquidity is starting to, to wind down. Uh, so it's more important than ever to really have a strong bank relationship because as we said, you know, the good news about the state is we have a very high uh, factory worker uh, base and, uh, and wage. That's two-edged sword. Um, so we really have to look at um, becoming more efficient, 
we have to look at technology uh, to help manufacturers buy the newest equipment, you know, phase out the old equipment, look at smart equipment for inventory management. You know, there's some issues still um, in, the, in the economy that are, are taxing uh, uh, manufacturers, but as we look at them and say, hey, we provide lines of credit. You know, one of the, the benefits of a, of a TD bank is, is our liquidity position and our capital position. So we're there uh, for all of our companies. So we look at additional lines of credit. We look at leasing new equipment. We look at financing new equipment. Rates where they are, sometimes leasing is more beneficial. We look at, right now we have an inverted yield curve. So what does that mean? Longer term rates are cheaper than shorter term rates. So if a company has permanent working capital as part of their line of credit, maybe it makes sense to take that over two years. Take it out two years and you're actually at a 50 or 60 basis point lower rate than if you're borrowing currently. So there's a lot of things that we can look at to help a manuf manufacturers both improve their efficiency with modern equipment and also reduce their cost of borrowing. And in terms of the, the leasing, is that something, a trend that you're starting to see more of now that maybe you didn't five, 10 years ago? We, you know, leasing has always been up and down, but we're seeing more now. We're seeing leasing because in most cases it's 100% financing, so there's a lower use of capital to put a lease together. Uh, the rates are very competitive based on you know, current market conditions. So it is an option. And you know, with technology, especially where, where manufacturers are going in more high tech, there's obsolescence. So it gives you the ability to upgrade every five years or so. Yeah, and, that, and that's a tough conversation, right? You mentioned the rising wages. In, in the last year, we saw just in Connecticut alone, wages went up over 4%. Um, so companies are paying their employees a lot. Meanwhile, they're still, you know, it's a very uh, expensive state to operate mm -hmm. in. So those are those costs are continuing to rise. Um, and then we've got supply chain inflation troubles as well. Uh, what kind of tie-in does that have as well? So in terms of, you know, companies their lead times are now years out, maybe when they even were months. Um, some are, we're hearing, hoarding supplies, but that's not always the best recommendation from a bank. It, it's, it's not. I mean, inventory, obviously hoarding inventory um, is expensive. Uh, so what we're looking at more and what companies are looking at more is smart management systems that are out there now that really will tell manufacturers when it's time to order, what are the lead times, uh, inventory management systems that really uh, control that cost more. Uh, so there's a lot of um, new technology that's available to really help in reducing the cost. Uh, you know, wage inflation, I don't believe goes, ever goes away. It, it becomes more of a permanent uh, structure in the economy. But commodities, um, raw materials, I, I believe that will start to subside a little bit and uh, become more beneficial uh, for manufacturers. So it's gonna be a turn. I mean, rates, I don't think we're gonna see rate reduction the way we saw rate increases. Uh, I think we're probably stuck with high rates for a little while longer. And um, 
I don't see them coming down. When they do start to come down, I don't think they're going to come down as fast as they went up. So the ski slope is yeah, very yeah, it's very different <laughs> <laughs> coming down. So, um, so yeah, I think manufacturers really need, need to take that long-term view now of what's going to make them uh, more productive, uh, reduce their cost of operations, and bring them into to a, a, a better tech technologically. Uh, a better position technologically um, for their future growth. Yeah, and those te technological positions are mean investments in their business too. Correct. And that's really where the banks come into play um, to really help them. Because, you know, when you look at it, a uh, manufacturing company obviously can look at the cost of the new, the new equipment versus the cost savings long term. And, and that's really what's going to be important. You know, we, we all talk about the buzzword now is, is artificial intelligence and smart technology and smart machinery, inventory management systems. These are all things that um, will start to reduce costs, I believe, in the long term for manufacturers. Are there any other trends that you're seeing, um, you know, manufacturers moving away from or towards? I think just really on the equipment side, I think... Um, many manufacturers are starting to phase out some of their older equipment, realizing that they really do need to invest in more modern equipment that can handle, as we talked earlier about their, their inventory control systems. I think that's really going to be the trend of the phase out and the buying new. Yeah, we hear so much about the new technology, R&D to you know, research and fund that new technology. Um, and then that's where they turn to the banks. Yeah, exactly. The Connecticut manufacturers right now, we have seen, you know, some struggles over the past couple of years, especially with the, the size of the workforce. Um, but what are your predictions as we continue for manufacturers? I, I think the key, you know, as, as I'm sure the survey is going to show, that, um, you know, we still have, we have increasing demand and decreasing labor force. So I think technology will fill a piece of that, uh, but we still need to really uh, recruit people into, into manufacturing. And I think really that starts at the high school level. I think we really need to, uh, to show people what manufacturing really is. And, you know, for large manufacturers, I think it's easier. So if you look at Electric Boat or Sikorsky or Otis Elevator, uh, you know some of the you know Stanley Black and Decker, some of the bigger companies, they have a household name. They're so the flashing lights. They're the flash exactly. But the small, the subcontractors, um, some of the smaller manufacturers, they really need to look at identifying themselves because the new workforce, they want more than a paycheck. So what do you do for the community? What does your company invest in? You know, what can you show an employee that says, hey, we're invested in the community. Look at our ESG. Look at, you know, look at all the benefits. And we need to advertise that a little bit more. You know, it, just in banking, you know, we went through the same thing in banking. How do we recruit? How do we hire people? You know, banking's been looked at as this old stodgy business that you know, no one wants to come and be a banker. But we have to reinvent ourselves, and we're doing that. We're marketing now uh, the banking jobs, what it means. So I, I think manufacturing needs to do, especially the smaller ones, some of the same type of things to really show 
And manufacturers are investing in the community. They are you know, very generous and philanthropic in what they do and, and who they support and sponsor. And I think that needs to get out to the workforce so people are proud to work for this company that reinvests in the community. Yeah, definitely. I think, and we've we've traveled to some manufacturers recently. One that comes to mind, Microboard. Um, you know, and the amount of philanthropic efforts that they do. Um, you know, when they are able to turn profits at the end of the year, it's it's really fascinating. And there's so many other manufacturers like them that that are doing that. What have you learned about the resiliency of of some of our small to mid sized manufacturers for the last few years? You know, the the beauty. You know, large has its benefits. Small has its benefits. And because, you know, and, and we learned this, we saw this during the pandemic, you know, small companies can turn on a dime. <laughs> you know, large companies, it's the proverbial, you know, trying to turn a, a you know, battleship in the bathtub. So sometimes large isn't always good, but small companies, you know, we saw when they, they shifted their manufacturing to personal protection devices and, you know, so really changed their whole outlook and they could do it quickly. You know, we saw restaurants all of a sudden have, everyone has outdoor dining. So small companies can change quickly because it's less bureaucratic. It, there's, you know, you have a couple decision makers and you can get things done. So that was really, I, I believe, the, uh, the secret to the success and the continuing you know, growth of small manufacturers. And well, not really, they started off as a small manufacturer, but Athletic Brewing oh, yeah. really made a name <laughs> for itself, um, now becoming a much larger manufacturer. Um, but they kind of started with that small story. Uh, they have the philanthropic aspect of their business too, um, you know, giving back, they're really big into helping uh, clean up the trails um, in areas across the country. And they're going to be, um, Jamie Lissette is going to be at our manufacturing conference in October. Yeah, can't wait to hear them. I mean, those, and that's, you know, that's such a, that's the best part of the conference, you know, really hearing the success stories of businesses and what it took to get to, uh, to their growth. Uh, it, it's really, it's really an incredible story. And one, you know, that's really evolved in the last decade, not you know, obviously we know the Sikorsky's electric boats. They all started off in one small part, but um, Athletic Brewing has really done that in yeah. the last, last few years. <laughs> <laughs> and a great product. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how important do you think, you know, when we talk about what Connecticut is doing for manufacturers, we've got someone else that's going to be speaking at the conference, um, Chief Manufacturer Paul Lavoie. How do you, how have you seen the shift um, in what manufacturers kind of know and, and feel at the state level versus a couple of years ago to now as they navigate these well, challenges? Well, I, I really look at, and this is a, a, you know, a testament to the governor who really saw that um, you know, manufacturing was such a key uh, driver in the economy for employment, for, for growth, for revenue. Um, I don't know how many other states have a, a chief manufacturing officer, but obviously Paul is ours, and he came from the manufacturing segment. So he knows the industry. And I think that's such a critically important piece um, that the state is behind manufacturing. I think the piece that we need to really focus in on is the employee part. You know, we, we talked a little bit about recruitment. Uh, retention is obviously a big piece. So how do, we, how do we retain the workforce that we have? And I think that's where the state could be of some help also. You know, 
I, I look at some of the um, large employers of the state. So I'll, I'll just say, you know, Yale University. Yale provides, I don't know all the details behind it, but Yale provides their employees and, and faculty with $30,000 after, I don't know all the conditions, but to buy a house in New Haven. So, and you can even use that on top of the state program. So, you know, you look at things like that and you look at companies that are starting to, to look at student loan repayment. How do you, if you kept someone for a year, make their student loan payment? If they're there two years, increase the percentage, three years. You know, so I think those type of benefits to retain people are going to be critical. So, you know, we, we know housing is, is a critical component. How do we have employees afford to live in the state and live near their job? Uh, so it takes a lot more than the high wage that we're paying because, let's face it, Connecticut is an expensive state to live in. So I think we really have to work towards the housing issue. How do we house our employees? Uh, where can they find suitable housing at a, at a reasonable rate? Uh, how do we retain those employees that may be coming out with high levels of student debt? So I think if we start to work that in, in conjunction with the state, um, we can start both recruiting but retaining. And I think that retention and recruitment also kind of crosses things. You know, we always look at kids coming out of high school or college. But we also have a, a workforce out there that could be retrained. So what can we do uh, to bring what I'll, I'll, I now call multi-generational workforce? You know, there's some, some positives to that also. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that we can work together with public and private um, sponsorship to, to retain and to recruit new employees. In terms of um, putting funding aside for uh, recruitment and retainment, is that a, a conversation that companies are having with, with their banks? You know, hey, look, we're looking to invest in this technology, but we also, you know, want to try and fund this for our employees. Um, is that a conversation or not so much? Not yet, but I think it's coming. And because I, I think what's going to, to happen, I think companies uh, with the new technology, so you have a workforce that needs to be brought into, you know, the old, you know, manufacturing process. Uh, there's few people that really know some of that old technology, but that technology is changing. So we really have to put some training programs in place. Companies need to really look at how do I invest in my employees? Well, it's keeping them happy on their personal side, but also investing in them to be able to manage the new technology of the future. Yeah, and keep them educated. Absolutely. With training and various things, I know we we ha have actually been to a couple companies recently, manufacturers specifically, where um, employees are saying what you mentioned before. I'm actually going back to school thanks to you know this company um, so that I can move up in my career here and they're helping financially support it. So we're definitely yeah. starting to see more of that for sure. Critical, yeah. Very critical. Are there any, um, I know, you know, we talked a little bit about the cost of borrowing um, continuing to, to rise and it's not really going to decrease as much as, as quickly as it um, jumped up. Are there any, you know, state or federal policies that could, um, you know, support what you are doing um, to really help move the state forward economically? 
Yeah, there, there's a number of programs. So let's just take for mostly um, smaller or mid-size uh, manufacturers, uh, the SBA still provides uh, really good programs, long-term financing. So it's it's a little bit of a, it's a good rate that's locked for a long period of time. Um, and you know, we participate in that program as a preferred lender. So it's been, we've seen a lot of growth in our SBA programs, uh, which, is, which is good. People are taking advantage of it. Um, I, I believe there's, there's going to be a reduction or elimination of a fee for a certain period of time. So there's, there's some good programs out there, uh, both to provide equipment financing uh, for importers, uh, Exim Bank financing, uh, for purchases of factories uh, or additional plant. You know, you have a lot of good programs with limited down payment. So there's a lot of programs out there from the federal level for the SBA uh, to help, especially the smaller, medium-sized manufacturer to grow. Uh, on the large side, I think it becomes a little bit more of a, uh, of a treasury management and uh, cash management um, opportunity. You know, you have, you know, as much as uh, borrowing rates are up, uh, savings and investment rates are all also up. So if you are in a position where you have some cash, you can leverage that uh, to really offset some of your borrowing costs if you need to. So that we are seeing a pretty good increase in savings and uh, money market and CD rates and things like that. So there is a little bit of an offset. Um, you know, companies obviously tend to borrow more than uh, than they can invest, but there are companies that are still in a, in a fairly good liquidity, uh, uh, liquid position. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of companies that saw success. Oh. Um, you know, for as many... There's so many companies that didn't, but like you mentioned, just so many companies that really did see profits because yeah. of, you know, how they managed. Absolutely. This. Yeah, no, we, we've, you know, we've, we've come through this fairly well, I believe. Uh, just looking at our portfolio and, and the success of the companies uh, that we deal with, uh, we, we came through it pretty well. Is there anything manufacturers um, can expect uh, to see in the coming year? support them through TV or other I, I, Yeah, I really think it's going to be really, you know, again, rates aren't going to come down anytime soon. Um, so I think we have to start dealing with that, the rate environment longer term. So we have to plan for longer term uh, periods of, of higher rates. Um, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the recruitment um, and retention areas. Uh, the equipment piece, I think that's going to be uh, a continual uh, area of, of company expenditures. Uh, so really looking at companies and looking at their, their, their CapEx, their capital expenditure budget. What is that? Where is it going? How can we help? Um, so there's, there's a lot of areas moving forward. Uh, and again, I think kind of that benefits package, I think is going to be an interesting uh, conversation and to see where that goes because again I think the when you look at the state overall you know the, the, as I said the quality of life uh, people want to be here um, but we have to make it affordable for them to stay here and as as people think about these things what are some of the questions maybe that they should be asking their bank um, specific to manufacturers right now I, I think there is that question about how can I 
utilize ex if, yeah, excess cash uh, on the investment side. So, you know, years ago, um, sweep accounts, for instance, they went out. No one used sweep accounts anymore because it costs more to keep it in place than, it, than you were getting on your investment. Those are starting to come back now. So how do you use your excess cash invested overnight or for longer periods of time to increase your return? So I think those conversations need to start coming back from companies to say, you know, yeah, we turned off our sweep years ago because it made no sense. Now it may make sense to come back and look at that again. Um, again, find out what your bank is doing, um, what programs do they have, what can they put in place for, for capital expenditure budgets. You know, really go through what this means for the company. Um, you know, there's always going to be some period of a payback because, you know, equipment's not cheap. So what does it mean to phase out old equipment, bring in new equipment? Uh, what does it mean for hiring people? This, is this going to require a higher salary for bringing in people to run new machinery or to train people to run new machinery? So I think all those conversations need to come out because, you know, bank, we're a bank. You know, we're, we're risk managers. You know, what does it mean at the, to the bottom line for companies when they start making this transition? And many have already made that transition. Yeah. Uh, so it's really moving forward. Uh, what does it mean for your company? What does it mean for your profitability? Uh, what's the direction you're going? Well, certainly so many companies have relied on their base even more so than ever before. Um, and we're going to definitely continue to see that. We hope. We hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> you hope for your sake. <laughs> um, and so as we look you know, ahead, we have um, our manufacturing conference October 11th. Um, that's going to be at the AquaTurf this year. Um, I had to double check that in my head. Um, what are what are you looking forward to? You know, being able to connect with more manufacturers, kind of see what people have been doing. Oh yeah, yeah, and the AquaTurf is a great spot. You know, Calvin's family runs a wonderful operation there. But uh, aside from the great food, um, yeah, I, I always look forward to to the companies because really seeing a number of manufacturing owners, operators, CFOs, president, you know, what they're doing, what's on their mind, uh, that's just great information. You know, and it helps us to look at our product set and say, all right, what, you know, what's going on in the industry that we need to be prepared for or we should be prepared for? Yeah, are so, we aligned with what's exactly. happening, what they're saying candid, more candidly maybe? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, and I really look forward to hearing from Jamie. I look forward to the panel with Paul and see what his insights are on the, on the future and what the surveys are showing. So there's just such a, a great amount of information that comes out of the conference that uh, that's why I look forward to it every year. <laughs> and I should mention that CBIA is going to be releasing uh, its manufacturing report uh, with the conference, and I can tell you for sure that workforce, workforce, workforce um, is still uh, really at, at the top of the concern for manufacturers right now. So we'll continue to see more and, and hear more about those results, definitely. And now, you know, to take a little step back, um, you know, you've obviously been through it all, um, especially in the past couple of years. Uh, what are some of the lessons that you've taken away uh, from, from this time, you know, maybe from banking as a leader? You know, it's really interesting. I, I think, and, I, and I, if I think back on the pandemic and, and 
what we worked through and how we had to adjust and adapt. And I really look back at, at my team, and I think this is a statement that I think is true throughout whatever industry you're in. You know, we always talked about in business school and in training classes, you know, you know, what is leadership? What does leadership do? You know, what do leaders do? But we really found that there are leaders of ev- in every level of an organization. And, um, you know, we really saw that because when we had to make things change quickly, you know, many of us in positions not on the, not in the field, so to speak, you know, these are the folks that came up with the ideas to say, hey, what if we did this? Because they're, they're dealing with, you know, uh, technology and they're dealing with operations every day. So if we have to do something quickly, what can we do operationally? I may not know how something works day to day or operationally. So to come out with an idea and say, let's do this and not have the operational platform to do it is obviously going to blow up. But we saw so much coming from every level of the bank and every level of companies, people stepping forward and saying, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. And that's great. It, it's, it's a phenomenal thing that you, you didn't see happen for a lot of years. And I, and I think the important thing for us as managers and leaders is not to lose that. And we saw people stepping up and becoming leaders at every level. You know, let's make sure we nurture that, make sure that we grow that. And, you know, we can grow our workforce with the people we have because we saw what they can do. Yeah, it was really a time where, you know, everyone had to sit down at the table and, and think of ideas and bring them forward. Whereas you don't always, you're not always looking to everyone else for those ideas. Exactly. And that was a, a great lesson learned. Well, thank you so much for uh, being part of uh, the BizCast, and thank TD Bank for um, helping support our Made in Connecticut Manufacturing Summit. It's our pleasure to do it. All right. We'll hopefully see everyone uh, in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thanks, Amanda. Well, thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can listen, like, and subscribe to our podcast on all your major podcast platforms. And please leave us a review and let us know if you have ideas for a future podcast. For a full list of episodes, head on over to cbia.com.